Blog Talk Radio. What's up, everybody? It's IBS Jesus coming at you guys live tonight with an episode of IBS After Dark. Uh, this should run from 10 to 11. Um, I've got a series of topics I was going to talk about, but I also have somebody calling in to be my co-host, and then I'm hoping that we can get regular callers in so we can talk about some stuff. I'm going to tell him to call in now. But um, basically, it's been a while since I've done one of these, and um, there's a lot going on in sports, even though it's not necessarily what people want to talk about. There's still some things out there that we can talk about and hopefully get some callers to sound off on. So let's give him a couple minutes. Um, If you are up and you're bored, there are a series of uh, entertaining baseball games that should be coming on tonight. I know a lot of people don't really like baseball, but um, the Angels and Rangers are on, and um, that should be a slugfest, actually. So if you're bored, you can at least watch that. Uh, Malone is here. What's up, Malone? How you doing? I'm good, man. What's going on? Nothing. Just scrolling through uh, baseball and then laughing because I I don't think anybody's going to call in, and so they're going to get mad because the whole show is going to be about baseball. (laughs) But um, we can actually start with a with a funny topic. Um, <clears throat> so Tom Brady has finally accepted his four-game suspension. Um, I think there's some things going on where there might be an appeal, but it went all the way almost to the circuit, I mean, to the Supreme Court. Is that not the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen over something as simple as the air in the football? I mean, it's ridiculous. It's it's so much wasted money, so much wasted time and effort, just just for two guys trying to prove they were right. You know, I mean, it was really just an ego battle between Brady and, and Roger Goodell. So I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, I think Brady finally kind of realized that Goodell just wasn't really going to try. He was going to do everything he could to win this, and uh, but, but yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's it's. <laughs> It really is the most ridiculous thing I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I just don't understand. I don't understand the purpose. After after the uh, report came out, and, <clears throat> like, even I, – I did a special on that report, like, when it first came out. Even that was kind of, um, like, it was just bland, you know. Uh, they had a lot of, a lot of um, like, scientific jargon and stuff, but nobody really read the whole thing. Um I actually split it up with my roommate at the time. I took the end of the report and he took the beginning and then we got together and discussed it like our particular sections, what made sense, what didn't make sense. But uh, <clears throat> in the end, it just didn't seem like it was anything that was convincing, you know, to, to suspend the guy for four games. And originally I just wanted them suspended because I just wanted the Patriot fans to cry about it because they cry about everything. Um, but in the end, it was oh, like once, once it, they yeah. Once it got to the to the freaking Supreme Court, or they were talking about taking it to the Supreme Court, I was like, "This is ridiculous, man." But um, have you ever seen a winning uh, city or winning uh, team like the Patriots and, and just the the Boston area? Have you ever seen somebody wear the championship rings and cry about people being mad that they're winners? Like that's so weird to me. Like that comes with the territory of being a winner. People are going to say you cheating. Right. I mean, people, you know. Go ahead. 
No, I'm saying, I mean, I'm a Yankees fan. I mean, I understand that people are going to hate the fact that they won 27 championships, but it, you're right. It comes with the territory. Like, when you win that much, you it, – it's almost an envious hate at, at that point. Like, people are going to hate you because you win that much. It's just, it's just kind of how it goes. I mean, you should embrace it. Embrace the hate. That was my slogan uh, when my teams were winning which was about four years ago, but um, <clears throat> embrace the hate, man. I mean, it's going to happen. And God knows we don't know half of what the Patriots organization has, uh, has done to, to be as good as they are. And I'm a big proponent of, and this might be slander, but I'm just saying, if you're a consistent winner at some point in time in the team sport, you're probably cheating. Like it's just so hard to maintain that level of consistency and not, bend the rules some kind of way. Every dynasty has an asterisk on some pivotal uh, pivotal game, some championship. Yeah, they all have an asterisk. Yeah. Everybody did something. There's always something that somebody <clears throat> can complain about on the way to a championship. You know, it's just a call goes one way, something, I mean, or, yeah, it's, it's happened all throughout the game of football. Uh, the, Patriots, the Patriots aren't the first team to do it. They're just the first fan base to complain about it. Yeah, and then – Staying on the uh, topic of football, uh, talking contracts, <laughs> who's more ridiculous right now? Kirk Cousins um, maybe being upset that he got franchise tagged or Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is pretty much saying he's not going to play unless he gets paid what he wants to get paid. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's it's Kirk Cousins. Take that one year. I mean, he's young, you know. At this point, like Ryan Fitzpatrick is is what thirty four, thirty five at this point. You know, he's gotta he's gotta try and get this last contract. He played his best year of his career last year. He's gotta work for. I mean, this is this is the last deal he's gonna get. Kirk Cousins is in his mid twenties. Uh, you take a nineteen and a half million dollars, I think it is for Kirk Cousins. I mean, that's a lot of money. Like Kirk Cousins, is, they're not like paying him chump change. I mean, Kirk Cousins is getting paid. Uh, and like I said, for Ryan said, he can get paid again next year if he decides that he wants to leave Washington or Washington decides they want to pay him. You know, they work something out. Uh, but I think it's Kirk Cousins complaining, you know, that he's going to get paid $19.5 million this year. <clears throat> yeah, I'm actually going to side with Ryan Fitzpatrick, man. I just – I was on record saying this on um, another podcast that my friend does, and I'll say it again. The dude's not good enough to be demanding anything, if you ask me. Like the, no, I agree with make, that, but at the same yeah. time, I mean, this is going to be his last deal. Like, I, I think he's, he's trying to milk it for what it's worth. Uh, I, I don't think it's the best strategy, but, you know, uh, he's a smart guy, obviously a Harvard graduate. Well, I don't know if he graduated, but he went to Harvard. You know, He's smart enough to get in. Uh, so, well, I mean, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if somebody signs him or he decides. You know, But I, from what I've heard, Brandon Marshall said he's not returning. Text, uh, but it really sounds like he's probably not going to play. Which I mean, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's. I don't think he's. Just, I don't. I just. I mean, I understand what he did for the team uh, in regards to. He's definitely an upgrade from Geno, um, but they've got they've got two young guys that. I mean, you know, you you spend draft like uh, what is it Hackenberg? Like they took they took him. In most cases, second round, too high. yeah. So if you if you did that, I mean you you're invested in him. Why not just go ahead and and work towards that? And then you save what? Well, he said he wanted. I think he wanted originally around like sixteen million or something like that. I think it was but 18. you save. 
Oh, yeah. See, you save that money that you can use to extend contracts on, on actual key players that they have, which they've got a good base up there, but oh, they got the a Jets, good man. Team. They just, yeah, they don't have the quarterback. You know, they've got a pretty good team. Their defense has got some good players on it. They're Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, Matt Forte, they just added. I mean, they they got some guys who can play, but they just don't have a, a quarterback who can get the ball in their hands right now on the roster, really. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to tell you. Inaccurate quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, they, they say that Hackenberg's put a lot of work in. You know, his mechanics are a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm still really skeptical. He was one of the worst and most inaccurate quarterbacks in, in college football history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes for him. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to tell you the moment last year when I knew that the Jets were just going to be the Jets. The Jets are just the Jets, <laughs> and, and this is what we're always going to get. So it was a Thursday night game because they had on those ugly color rush games and uh, color rush uh, unis, and they were playing the Bills. And um, I think it was a 10-7 game or something like that. Or it was it was a three point game, or they needed three points to win, or something like that. And the Jets got into the red zone three times in the last six or seven minutes, and they went for it every fourth down on those on those three possessions, and they never scored, and they ended up losing, I think, by two. And I was and I, and I remember. I went on a rant about Todd Bowles and, and taking the points and, and just spazzing out. I had money on the game, but that was beyond the point. I just could not, for the life of me, understand how you could not be playing to win. And and it just so happened, I remember telling Corey, I was like, and that's going to be the game that keeps them out the playoffs. Stupid stuff like that. And it just so happens they missed the playoffs by one game. And that was a winnable game. The Bills were awful. The Bills, I don't think the Bills crossed midfield except for their very last possession in the fourth quarter. And the Jets still lost the game. They're hopeless. Yeah, They're hopeless. yeah they are. Yeah, so, I mean, especially without a quarterback in this today's NFL, you're really hopeless. Yeah. Yeah, unless unless you're – unless you got the um, Denver Broncos talent, I mean, clearly – and yeah. I think I think that's what made that defense so special because I'm, I hate to say this, man, but Peyton Manning was like Trent Dilfer in his last Super Bowl. He he was awful. Yeah, he was. He, was, he really was. Awful. I've never seen I've never seen a drop like that on an elite player. It's been a long time. Like it's re- he went it, from I mean, being. It's it it really was in a way worse than Brett Favre. Yeah. But Brett Favre was was still pretty good up until that final year. Peyton Manning, it was just a sharp drop for these last couple of years. Like he hadn't been good in a while. Mhm. Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder, man. Um, but I'm gonna stay on, on uh, NFL too, and uh, get this topic out. I'm trying to run through these NFL topics and hope somebody calls in. But like I said, I don't think we're gonna get any callers because I know once we start talking baseball, it's it's gonna be a wrap. <laughs> But, yeah, everybody's um, going to sleep. <laughs> uh, my next one is Von Miller got paid. Everybody's happy, applauding. But I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing for the league. I just I just don't like this growing trend. Like, 
I'll put it this way. I like the players getting paid. I want the players to get paid. I think NFL players are grossly undercompensated for their um, the risk that they take and then just what they bring as far as entertainment value. I think they're grossly underpaid. But I also know that if you drastically alter the market, you're going you're gonna to create grief when the next uh, CBA comes up. Like we can't, we can't have defensive ends getting paid almost as much as Andrew Luck in them. Like he's making more guaranteed money than Russell Wilson, than um, man, I forget. I think it was like five or six people I posted it one time, but there was at least four or five quarterbacks. Philip Rivers is one of them as well. Uh, he's he's destroying them in in overall uh, like the guaranteed money. And I just think that's just a bad precedent to set uh, in the in this day and age in the NFL. No, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. Uh, but at the same time, like you said I can't I can't be mad at Von Miller for getting paid. Uh, you know, he and I hope they get every dime out of the NFL owners. Uh, so, but it's just you're right. It's a ridiculous standard. It becomes a ridiculous standard when you start paying defensive players just as much as quarterbacks when. You know, realistically, I mean, the pressure they put on the court, on the opposing quarterback is, is very meaningful. But at the same time, uh, it really it, it's not the same meaning as, as like you said, somebody like an Aaron Rodgers uh, or, or somebody like that, where they just they have such more of an so much more of an impact on the game than, than somebody like Von Miller or even JJ Watt. Uh, obviously, you look at it. Houston hasn't made the playoffs in two years. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is still going to the playoffs even with his best wide receiver with a torn ACL. Yeah, and then um, I had a point that I was going to make, but I got distracted uh, by a stupid baseball game. <laughs> but um, I was going to say um, it's just it's just weird to me. <clears throat> and then you remember when um, Matthew Stafford, I think it was Stafford, or was it Sam Bradford? It might have been Stafford that was the straw that broke uh, the camel's back with those rookie contracts. I think he got paid like, some ridiculous. No, it was Bradford. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was Bradford. Bradford. Okay. Bradford got like fifty million guaranteed. Yeah, and, and then it was it was over after that. And I feel like that's what we're bu- what we're uh, building up to uh, in the NFL is that you're gonna you're gonna keep seeing this money creep up for certain uh, people, and then when we get to the point where we've got because um, running backs to me should get more guaranteed money than most positions. Because uh, they take a lot of uh, punishment as well, but when we yeah, get a they long snapper, work for, work for the most guaranteed money they can try and get. Yeah, we get a long snapper getting a guarantee like fifty million. Then we're gonna have an issue, and that's when they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> change the rules up immediately. Immediately. Um, what do you think about the uh, the college football game? Uh, talking about maybe potentially getting rid of kickoffs. How you feel about that? Uh. <laughs> I mean, you know, from from a safety standpoint, I mean, obviously the kickoff is somewhat of a safety issue more so than normal plays of football. But at the same time, it's it's the most exciting play uh, potentially in the entire game. Uh, so I I don't like it. Uh, obviously, you need to keep kickoffs in there. Uh, I think I think the NCAA is silly uh, in most of the things they do. So I think this is just another step in the NCAA doing what they do. Yeah, I don't understand their thought process on that. I, I'm getting a little frustrated with the college game, and and I just started back uh, watching it 
uh, regularly, probably year before last. And the the targeting rule, I can't stand it. I think these kids need at least two strikes before they get thrown out. I mean, some of this some of this stuff is uh, kids are catching the ball across the middle, and the guy's coming down to to deflect the pass, and there's contact, and they're not even really going for the player; they're going for the ball. But the collision is violent. You know, you got two people running full speed, and they get called for targeting, and it's it's to me is messing up the game, man. Um, but the kickoff thing, they they're young. A lot of these kids probably won't make it to the next level without special teams. You know, if you think about it, there's right. a lot of people, a lot of people who make their living off of being just special team players. They snap the ball. They're gunners. They're they're uh, wedge busters, which I don't think I think they got rid of that. Uh, a couple years ago now, so you can't you can't have somebody just run down and jump into the wedge. I don't think you can even uh, form wedges anymore. But either way, special no, teams out. special teams is is such a an exciting part of the game because you just never know. Like you said, it's 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 one big play, man. You just never know, and it's one of those things where if you neglect it, it can cost you a game. And for them to completely take it out, especially at the collegiate level where a lot of games are more high scoring and exciting in the first place. I think it would be doing a disservice to the, uh, to the player. But what can you do, man? Like you said, there there are plenty of guys who are in the NFL right now making a million dollars a year because they're, they're good special teams players. Uh, I mean, look at even Devin Hester, where would Devin Hester's career have been without, without a kickoff or a punt return? That's what we know Devin Hester for. Dante Hall, Dante Hall was, Amazing as a returner, and I think he still has uh he still has highlights that that come up uh, every now and then. They call him the human joystick and the things he used to do with the Kansas City Royals. Like, I mean, you you kind of need that. Yeah, you I, need that excitement. Yeah, yeah, right. Like you say, it, it has the potential to be the most exciting play in the game. So, but I'll keep an eye on that. Um, it's just in the uh, the infant stages. Obviously, you know they're just talking about it, but. Um, the safety of the players and all at all levels of football has become an, an increasing concern to people, but also to the fans. They don't want to give up too much of the actual. I mean, game, here's my here's know? my thing. I you know I'm a fan of football. I, I like football myself. Uh, I understand. You know, like I said, I love kickoffs. You know, I think I said all the things I just said. We just talked about. But at the same time, people have to understand that the NFL. Just finished the lawsuit a couple of years, year, what is it, a year or maybe half a year ago, two years ago, uh, where they paid out almost a billion dollars to, to ex-players. And so they're going to do everything they can not to do that again. And I think most fans don't understand that. But, the, you know, from a business standpoint, the NFL is just – they make a lot of money, but at the same time they don't want to lose that much money. Uh, they don't want to have to pay that out. So they're going to do things they can, everything they can to make the game safer to the point where they're not liable for, for, for a lot of these injuries. Yeah, and, and this might be preventive maintenance from uh, the NCAA because I think it's interesting. They haven't – I haven't heard anything about them uh, being sued or, or universities being sued uh, for CTE-type stuff. But um, it seems that the uh, NFL the NFL has taken a, a huge uh, hit with CTE um, litigation. But you don't see that a lot at the college level. So it might just be their way of, you know, making it safer – for future, you know, future instances, just in case, you know. 
Right, right. I mean, that's the thing. You know, people have to realize that's a that's a lot of money for them to be paying out every every you know fifteen twenty years or so. They start getting sued by each generation of players. Yeah, and they definitely don't want to give up that booster money. <laughs> uh, right, sticking exactly. To the, sticking to the college game, man. Did you hear? Did you hear Lou Holtz? Uh, what he said about immigrants. And I'm not trying to get nah, political, I but saw it. I saw it. I, he, I didn't even look at it. I was like, man, Lou Holtz. I saw him the night before with the, with the bottle of Crown Royal. I knew he was probably drunk, so I didn't even. <laughs> I didn't even look at it. I was like, man, you know what? You can't overlook. You can't overlook it. The guy, he's so old, man. He's so old. He he just fit every stereotype about an old Caucasian male with that rant, man. That's exactly what people think about old Caucasian men. He he is the poster <laughs> child for get off my lawn now. <laughs> got a little Clint to check it out then. I'm definitely gonna have to go check it out. Yeah, he's got a little Clint Eastwood in him, man. But um, <laughs> you got anything you wanted to talk about too? Cause we're rolling along pretty good. It's ten twenty one. I don't see anybody calling in. I know you got some baseball stuff to talk about. We can do that. I mean, the, the I think that the IOC, you know, potentially banning all of Russia from the Olympics is pretty big. Uh, apparently they've been they've been <clears throat> hiding hundreds and hundreds of, of dope tests uh, from all their athletes. Uh, they already banned their track and field team, and, they, and they're they're potentially going to ban their entire team. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes. Uh, it's essentially a huge, huge blow for Russia. Man, Russia was supplying steroids to the athletes. <laughs> like, I don't even know. How corrupt is that? Like, think about all the stuff you have to do to get, to get uh, PEDs in, in most sports. You have to do so much hiding, and here you have an entire, you know, establishment, a government, just just giving it to you, man. Like all I, every time somebody talks about that, I just think about that Rocky scene where he's like where Dr- Drago is uh, running on the treadmill, and they they're like all this stuff hooked up to him, and and then he's like lifting stuff and punching stuff, and they just keep injecting him with this liquid. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly how Russian athletics are. That's exactly how they are, and, and it's and it sucks because I almost sympathize with the athletes because I'm like, man, some of these guys, you know, they're not they're not all juicing, and then this report comes out that well, they probably were all juicing because the government was just giving it to them like Pez dispensers. So IOC's got a lot of problems, man. IOC's got um, they got issues with uh, their athletes dropping out left and right. Zika, um, the Brazilian government is potentially collapsing, and I think there's a there's a underlying concern for the safety of a lot of their uh, their competitors this year, and and I think that's something that can't be overlooked. So we're gonna see how no, far I mean, that, not, that money they got they, stretches. They definitely can't overlook it. Uh, there's so many issues going on in Brazil right now. It's definitely not something that you can overlook. Yeah, and and I always laugh because all my friends and stuff like <laughs> when they talk about it, all they ever t- all everybody talks about when they talk about Brazil is uh, carnival or the women there, and then it's like yeah you can go over there but they're gonna take your liver and your iPhone, <laughs> kidney too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anybody that's listening, look, I know they're gonna do the best that they can to cover up the uh the mess that is Brazil. But let's not ever get it twisted. 
that it's anything but um, safe there. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I hope nobody gets hurt. I hope there's no incidents because we got a lot of craziness going on in the world. I hope the athletes don't don't get caught up in the mix. And I just hope that it's it's entertaining. We got Michael Phelps coming back. Uh, you got you know basketball. Everybody loves the international basketball. Um, and then we've got uh, we've even got some some halfway cool people in golf as well. Which which Plus should you be interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Usain Bolt. Uh, I think the uh, American sprinters are gonna gonna surprise some people, and and the sprint competition are gonna be a lot more competitive than what I think a lot of people uh, want to give give them credit for. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Usain Bolt. You know, he's uh, he's what a three time or two time hundred his first two time hundred meter champion. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be even more ridiculous if he becomes the first three-time 100-meter champion. Uh, you know, you can't run that fast for that long. We'll see how he. We'll see how he is. <laughs> yeah, he's he's already got the uh, the hamstring issues. I've been keeping up with it on the low low. Uh, he's got the hamstring issues, and he's got. Uh, he doesn't seem like he's been training um, as hard as he used to. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. But um, he's a, he's an entertainer, and I and I don't doubt that he's gonna um, that he's gonna you know give his best effort. But I I would pay more attention to the uh, to the two hundred meter race. The Americans got a young boy, and I don't know his name, and I've only seen him uh, in qualifiers and stuff. But he runs really good. There's a light skinned kid, and then there's another uh, like lanky looking dark skinned kid that. Uh, Looks a little bit like uh, like he's built a little bit like Usain Bolt in, as far as his physique, and he's fast, man. They're both really fast. They're giving Gatlin the run for his money, but obviously, you know, when people are qualifying, especially the ones who, you know, they know what they're doing, they always uh, downshift around, like, the last, like, 45, 50 meters anyway. But um, they were neck and neck for at least 145 meters. So I want, I want to – I can't wait to see what goes on with that. But um, let me see. You still you still there, Malone? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. No, I was gonna say it's a, it's, like I said, it's hard for for Usain Bolt to be able to run that fast for that long. So, but it's definitely gonna be an interesting Olympics. Yeah, you know, hey. from from a whole lot of different aspects. If he moves to Russia, he can do it till he's fifty. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, but uh, that's pretty much all I got. Um, I did wanna I did wanna touch on, um. The British Open. I actually have to say that I was I was stuck on the British Open the entire weekend. It was it was some of the most interesting golf I've seen in a long time. And and I know it sounds like it sounds weird for me to say that because I hardly ever talk about golf, and I don't venture outside of Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson much. But I was entertained by the the young guys that they have on on the tour right now like Dustin Johnson and those guys. And then also just the the matchup of Mickelson and Stenson that entire weekend, like the field, I think the field was like uh, maybe negative five, negative six. And these dudes are like, like 20, 20 strokes under. Like that's ridiculous. I I mean, yeah, (laughs) I was talking with, uh, I was talking with uh, Chris Lewis and 
you know, he, he was telling me, and I agree with him, you know, I've never seen something like that where there's two guys that far ahead of everybody else. Yeah. Uh, you know, you see one guy, but, but it, I've never seen anything like it where there's two guys that far ahead of everybody else. It, it was a, it, it was definitely, you know, a golf tournament that people are going to remember for a long time. Yeah, it uh, reminded me. I think Phil Mickelson is definitely going to be one of those people that remembers it for a long time. Yeah, it reminded me of of the video game, for real. Like, you see that online when you play. When you play Tiger Woods Golf or, or I think it's PGA Tour or something like that now, but when you play the golf games online, sometimes you see these guys who are super good and then everybody else is kind of trying to catch up. But um, it was impressive, and, and I was entertained, and I'm happy Stinson made history, and I'm all, I'm all for sports history, even if I don't watch the sport. Um, it's always interesting to know. I think this was his first major ever. He's the first uh, – I want to say he's uh, Swedish. He's the first guy from um, Sweden to to win a major, and uh, he's representing his country. I guess his his best friend had passed away before he started uh, this tournament, and he just he just battled through and he dedicated the win to him. So it's a good story. If anybody wants to look it up, uh, his name is I think Henrik Henrik Stenson. Um, he seems like a, a cool guy, uh, somebody that I I don't necessarily mind being a fan of or rooting for, um, and he's going to probably stay an underdog <laughs> most of his, uh, most of this uh, PGA championship that they got going on here uh, in the next week. Oh yeah, definitely. But, but even still, I mean, it kind of validates his career. Uh, he's won a lot of tournaments and not to finally win that major it really validates his whole career. Yeah. All right. Um, let's switch over to some baseball. We've given everybody 30 minutes of everything else. But nobody's calling in, so we're going to do what we want to do. We're going to talk some baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what is going good. on with the Yankees? They all, I, I told you a couple of weeks ago, they do just enough to make you not want to blow the team up every time. Every time I'm like, all right, this is it. They they just not, they lost two in a row. They're done. They end up winning like three or four. And then you're like, why are you still here? One or two games under 500, or one or two games over 500. Just, just uh, I think they're even at 500 right now. Uh, I don't know if they won or lost tonight, but I think they're at 500 right now. Uh, they, because I got the scores in front of me on the app. They won tonight, I believe. Yep, game seven over, one, right? one. Seven one. 47 and 46. <laughs> Why? You're not gonna make the so, wild card. So, just give it up. So what I heard. Well, from what I heard, is they're gonna trade. Uh, they're gonna trade Chapman, uh, and then I hear they're gonna extend Chapman, and now I hear they're gonna they're gonna trade Chapman with the Indians and the Nationals and somebody else I can't remember. We're all interested uh, in trying to make a deal for Chapman. I mean, if they're gonna do that, they better hurry up and do it because um, mess around and he gets hurt, then you're screwed. Yeah, and they keep pitching. No, well, yeah, definitely. Which I don't understand. Like, if you're going to trade somebody, I've never seen that towards the deadline where I think he's pitched, he's pitched like, um, every, um, every night since uh, the last two or three nights. And it's like, dude, if you, like, what are you doing? If you're going to trade the guy or any of those guys in the bullpen, stop working them. You never know. Every time a pitcher goes on the mound, every time he throws a pitch, especially when these guys are throwing over 100 miles an hour, you take a risk of him getting hurt. Yeah, I, I mean, it. I mean, that's the thing. I think, I think Girardi wants to kind of keep his job, 
And so he's like, I don't care if you trade him or not, I'm pitching him. Uh, and I think that's kind of what's going on at this point. Yeah, and it, and it, he's in a he's in a hard place, man. I, I kind of feel bad for him because Steinbrenner thinks the team's competitive, but I'm under the impression so does, Cashman. So does Levine. So does Levine huh? thinks they're competitive. Levine thinks okay. they're competitive too. The, the, the owner and the president think they're competitive. All right, and uh, you got Girardi and Cashman. Cashman and all who, Cashman and all the baseball people think they should sell everybody off and, and compete for the future. Yeah, I'm like the guys who are actually around the players and who probably actually watch the entire nine innings <laughs> are under the impression that they're not a good team and that they just need to right. scrap it. So I would assume that the manager, the manager and the GM are probably on the same line here because I mean Girardi, is, he, he seems to be the type of uh, person to assess the situation and understand uh, his options. He's he's intelligent, so I don't see him, you know, wasting time. Like he he's been he's been on a championship team, he's won a championship uh, as a manager, and I'm sure when he looks around he sees uh, no offense, DD and Sterling, that's not Robbie and, and Jeter, so yeah, <laughs> might be Tom. Aaron Hicks is not Hideki Matsui. <laughs> no, they, the the Yankees are awful and they're old and you know they got a bunch of guys who strike out too often and. You know, just a bunch of old bats. I mean, Carlos Beltran's just playing really well, uh, but but can he keep it up? What is he? Thirty seven, thirty six, thirty seven years old at this point. Uh, yeah. Can he can he really keep this up? Uh, a Rod's awful. Teixeira's hurt. Uh, you know, they're just the Brett Gardner's not hitting for the average that he's been hitting for. Like he's been playing better recently. Same thing with Ellsbury. Uh, just none of these guys are what they were when they signed the deals. They signed the old guys to to long term big money deals. Uh, and and they all got older right around the same time, and they're not a good team. Yeah. Um, who do you think who do you think should be the the main buyer for Chapman though? Uh, the the Giants would be a team that that could really use Chapman. Uh, you know, you think about that in the playoffs where you're looking at Bumgarner and then games being closed out by by Ronald Chapman. I mean, that's a scary situation. Yeah, that that would win the series for you, actually, probably. Just just those guys. But Bumgarner's pitch hasn't he done the the three games in a in a series before? Yeah, he, he did, did that against the Royals. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that'll win it for you. <laughs> right, exactly. Because you're gonna because you're gonna get you're gonna get one between. Um, or the Cubs, um, but, but I think you know Cashman's going to try and, and rape the LF team for for everything he's got. Uh, yeah, if, if he's going to make a deal with them for Chapman. Yeah, I, and like I said something about that earlier today. I just don't I don't see how that works. <laughs> I don't I don't see those two getting along to the point where and somebody pointed out they did the Castro deal, and I'm like, yeah, and Castro ain't ain't necessarily working out that great for him either. So and Castro's like Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's that's, that's who he wants. That's supposedly what the Yankees are asking for is Kyle Schwarber. It's never gonna happen. <laughs> that's probably what Theo said too. He probably hung up on him when he called. Yeah. Oh, most that probably did. Yeah, it's just, it's just not gonna happen. Now I think uh, there are there is some talent on that team that they could get that's not Kyle Schwarber. Um, I like. I'm a big Javier Baez guy. 
like I said earlier, I think, uh, like I said to you earlier, I think, uh, I think that uh, Cashman's just trying to, you know, he knows that that's something that Seattle's team doesn't want to give up, so that's the thing he wants. <laughs> yeah, being difficult, being difficult. I mean, I think that's, that's kind of what it is. Like he's like, it's it's kind of like after you. Like hey, that's the thing you don't want to give up. Well, that's what you got to give up if you want to get, you know, Alvarez Chapman or Andrew Miller. Yeah, because that really is the only thing that the Cubs need to win. So, I mean, I can't. I guess I can't fault them for being like that. You know, if you want it bad enough, how bad do you want to win? I'm gonna make you pay right. for it. So, more power to them. More power to them. Um, I'm watching this uh, Angels Rangers game, and this is this is the third time this this month I've seen Albert Pujols get a hit. He might be getting hot. <laughs> might be getting I mean, hot if if he could hit man that team would be probably 15 games better in their record if anybody could hit if anybody could hit I mean the whole team well they get they get production from uh, Escobar and Calhoun and uh, occasionally Giovatella I mean Giovatella's batting close to I want to say he's like upper 270 but yeah, they got, they got has anybody got more of a pass than CJ Cronenberg? Oh, yeah, Cron's hurt. As a manager, though, has anybody got more of a pass than uh, uh, their manager in uh, in L.A.? Like so, I feel like he should have – yeah, I feel like he should have been fired. I mean, Pujols got the power stats, but his, but his batting average is awful. Yeah, if Pujols makes contact and it goes fair, I think they're just happy with that. But he he just, your boy, he just hit one back up your boy the middle. Andrew, your boy Anderson is 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 awful as well. <laughs> hey, we didn't pay him for his bat; we paid him for his glove. <laughs> That's true. Which true. he definitely he's definitely still got that glove. I I seen some plays, but I mean. Unfortunately for him, the Angels have fly ball pitchers because they seem to give up a lot of home runs when I watch him play, so he's not getting many opportunities. Trust me, I know about that. <laughs> I uh, now I play in an online franchise and MLB the show, and uh, I, I'm the Angels, so I know all about that. Yeah, I will say, the show is really accurate, too. People be like, oh, yeah, it's it a video game. Now, it's legit, it's legit accurate. <laughs> It's, it it's is. Really it accurate. really is. Like you got to be patient when you hit the ball. You got to really like play baseball. Yeah. Although they're but actually talking me, about. I know all about the Angels pitchers giving up bombs. Like I know everything about it. They're talking about Andrew Simmons' glove just now. But um, the only one that doesn't give up bombs is Garrett Richards. And he, yeah. He still gives up some. Yeah. He he's not as frequent. Um, but you know um. Who's the lefty they got? Santiago? He he does well for about five innings, and then it's like you leave him in too long and he just loses it. Something about that sixth or seventh inning, if he's still in there, he just he's going to give up at least three runs. Yeah, no, he, he's not good. I mean, they don't, really, they don't have anybody. Like, they're not a good team. Uh, they I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they have Mike Trout locked down for a few more years, so they have an opportunity to to get guys around him. Yeah, they have an opportunity to be able to make a move. I need Trout to go to a better team. <laughs> I just I need it. But um, you got anything else you wanted to talk about? 
No, no, not really. I mean, the trade deadline's coming up. You know, there's going to be some interesting things happening, but it's all rumors at this point. Yeah. I I don't know. Um, it's hard to tell who's going to be buyers and who's going to be sellers because the Yankees are holding the whole market hostage. I think, I think everybody's waiting to see, you know, who's going to do what. Like if the Cubs get Chapman or one of these – these upper echelon teams get a uh, pitcher and they're back into the bullpen, most likely somebody's going to try to counter with a bat, which means Beltron or um, you know who else I thought might be moved at the deadline? Chris Carter. He's a, he's a pretty good power hitter uh, right now. I don't know why nobody's showing any interest, but I feel like he would be a great uh, addition to somebody in the uh, American League. I mean, you know, the Yankees got to – they got to decide they need to sell. They're old. They got to sell. Yeah, Yankees make me mad, man. I'm just I'm just looking at the highlights of uh, of the game, and I'm just like, God, the effort. You guys are killing me. Killing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Angels have some, uh, some Korean. He's got to be Korean because the Koreans are – Tearing the league up. Um, he's a catcher. Yeah, so he brought him up because Soto got hurt. Yeah, in his first 18 games, he's batting with a 56 average, but in his last six, he's been batting 278 and got a couple homers. So we gonna see. We gonna see. I know yeah, uh, this might be a historical thing. We got a Korean batting in the Angels game. There's a Korean that was batting in the Mariners game, and I think there was a uh, Korean in the in the um, Oakland game too. Like all batting at the same time. <laughs> Damn, yeah, that's crazy. There's all all at the same time, and it's probably is a historical moment. I don't think anybody yeah. knows it, but yeah. Oh, dang, he got tagged. That was an interesting play. But yeah, man, I got this over in this stupid Rangers game, and I knew they wouldn't. I knew they was gonna do this crap. Every Rangers, every Rangers game. Yep, they go the it goes the same way. And then if by the sixth inning, I'm like, man, this is stupid, and I go to go to bed. When I wake up, the score will be nine four somehow. <laughs> Happens every time. But um, yeah, they've been struggling since the end of the All Star break, so they haven't they have not played well at all. Yeah, since we're not getting no calls, man, I go ahead and wrap the show up. I'm gonna fuss at people tomorrow. They always ask us to do this crap, and they never call in. <laughs> but um, yeah, right. I know. We can um, we'll we'll get together and uh, set up a uh, time to do our uh, full count talk, and then um, yeah, we'll just go before the, before the deadline. Yeah, definitely, and then we might do a I might do a special show. Uh, for the for the deadline like date if it's um if I'm at home or something we can we can work something out for that as well. Uh yeah yeah nah, that sounds good. All right man thanks for calling in. Yep all right man. And this has been IBS at the dark and we're out. All right.